You know what that music means, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Slafter Podcast. That's a podcast about horror, comedy, and everything in between. I'm Prescott. And I'm Josh. How's it going, Josh? Good. How are you, Prescott? Good. What's Good. new? What's new? Um, you know, still taking care of bees. Um, been, hey, do you know, have a bee update for us? We had a bee, like a beehive that moved into an empty hive um, from one of the beehives I helped somebody set up. They showed up in the middle of summer. Um, just the swarm came into the hive, set up. They got honey about a month ago. And then two weeks ago, the whole swarm left. So it was a very mysterious, like, Dang sudden it. appearance of bees. They dropped off, like, two pounds of honey and then, like, got the hell out of there. But Which is, like, almost ideal as a beekeeper that you don't nice, have to take yeah. care of them over the winter. And they're all right. And then, um, you know, a lot of stuff had to get stopped over this past year. But I started doing a – I did a jujitsu tournament beginning of the year. Got, like, my butt kicked. And nice. then had to stop because, every you know, there's no more oh, tournaments no. right now. But uh, how's it going with you, Prescott? Good. Um, yeah, just hanging out in the, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the woods. Yeah. I mean, that's that your, real horror comedy lifestyle. That's pretty much your favorite thing to do is live out in the woods. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're pretty much all going to have to do that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as you guys can hear, we've got a special guest this week, Jimmy Custis. He is the writer and producer of Body Swap and lead actor mm-hmm. yeah. but before we get into the film let's talk about some horror comedy news this week's news josh do you have any horror comedy news you know i've been really into uh, a bunch of this ufo stuff going on Ooh. so it's not quite our normal horror comedy stuff but you know out here in colorado we had this giant drone swarm that showed up, uh, like kind of springtime, where people are out in the out in the plains out here in Colorado, were reporting drones like dropping by their window, and they'd go out and chase them, and this drone would lift off and join like a group of like 20, 30 other drones, and they end up recording it, and there's there's they end up picking up on radar, you know, hundreds of these drones, and they just came out with a new report, which is basically the government saying we don't know where they're coming from. Whoa. Which is almost more terrifying than saying, like, I don't know, it was us or, you know, having no idea who it is. But I really like the idea of that for a new... Hey, what if, like what if the government released the technology for drones so that we all have them and then they get confused with actual spacecraft? That'd be funny. That'd be a good, be a good, good cover-up. And to most people, if you see, just see something land, you know, pick up one of your barnyard creatures and take off, you're not going <laughs> to think too heavily whether it's aliens or not. Man, well, we'll have to keep keep up on this news. Yeah, we Not find out anything out here. <laughs> the government lets us know anything. We'll keep, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> they just knock on your door and let you know. Just an update. Out. Yeah, that's that's how the freedom. Like, of like your water's work. being shut off. That like <laughs> aliens are gonna be in the neighborhood. So just keep keep your animals inside and uh, <laughs> yeah, but a nice pamphlet on the clock. doorstep. Yeah, that's all I need. So, and now let's get to this week's beer. So let's go drink beer. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. And stop. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. Let's 
What do you have for us, Josh? All right, this, this week's beer is a natural ice, which uh, we chose. I chose actually before we watched the uh, movie for this week, Body Swap, um, partially because uh, is it your production company, Jimmy? Um, ice uh, yeah, I, I made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, so I was thinking what beer pairs well, well with that, and um, I've already expressed my dislike of Guinness on the show. So instead of going with the milk <laughs> beer, we went with the ice beer. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing the natural light this week. Yeah, which I get, and, which I get. and they mention it in there. Yeah, and that's the... Yeah. I love that mm-hmm. it ended up showing up in the movie there at the bar scene. What's funny is there was PBR in the script, and she added natural uh Natty Light or something. She thought it sounded oh, really? better. Yeah. Huh. I liked it. I loved it showing up in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, I was going to apologize for you having to drink it. And, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know much about beer, but I thought it was like the bottom of the barrel. But some people <laughs> like it. It's definitely yeah, towards the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> but it's super affordable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys. That's a quality all the time. The uh PBR in uh China or one of the places either China or Japan is like a a, a high end beer. Like That's they charge great. a lot for it. Yeah. What's well, got that blue ribbon? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well let's get to this week's movie. All right. And now for our featured film. Jimmy, if you'd like to describe, we normally sum up the movie before we listen to the trailer. So mm-hmm. you want to sum up the, the plot of the film? So I'm a, a guy that's like out of work, out of shape. And this career businesswoman has me come in for an interview and then we swap bodies. So it's the romantic comedy mixed with the body swap comedy. And that's generally about it. You can go see the trailer, uh, the video to it at bodyswapmovie.com and buy or rent it. Nice. And let's listen to that trailer right now. Two Natty Lights, please. I got that. This girl... No, you don't. This girl's so high maintenance, so annoying. High maintenance doesn't scare me, baby. I'm a lesbian. How's it going? Girl on girl's my favorite. I have diarrhea. I have diarrhea right now. Your resume really jumped out at me. We have the same name, except I usually go by CJ. What's the J stand for? Casey Jones, I got it. Even machines must obey the law. Guy with the hockey mask. Oh, Friday the 13th. Where's Casey? No, I I haven't seen him. Him? See, you're looking at your jacket. You seem a little out of sorts. What is this? The fat guy in a little COVID from Tommy Boy? I'm leaving. How did this happen? Pump the brakes, lady. I don't swap bodies every day. Well, I'm a career-minded woman. I can't go to work like this. I'll be you, and you be me, and that's it. This is a nightmare. It's a fluid situation. Oh. If by fluid you mean it's on an IV bag, then yeah, it is. There are so many ants. I know. I knew that too. I mean, I'm cool with ants. Or if by fluid you mean it's an episode of CSI, then yeah, it's a fluid situation. I thought you and me were roommates. What did you do? What all girls do when guys aren't around. Make out. 
She's my frenemy. You know what they say about the frenemy of my frenemy is my frenemy. So I have the same name as the guy? No, you have got to learn the difference between your goalie mask wearing maniacs. Man, that's a great trailer. I really, I enjoyed it. It had a, like a really classic 90s rom-com kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah, we made trailers to the 80s. We made them in the style of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And I don't know, are the modern trailer. And the the modern one's on the bodyswapmovie.com. The 90s one is on YouTube somewhere. Um, so uh, I haven't really released the uh 70s one at all the 80s one I, I chopped a little bit out and i'm using it as a youtube ad that runs in like so if you see it in things nice uh, uh i got rid of the vhs effect but i just used the <laughs> announcer so it sounds like an 80s announcer but it's uh it's just got the normal look to it nice i like and as usual spoil alerts everyone listening you should go out and watch the film before listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah. I like I like I don't I don't know if it was supposed to be misdirection but I like in the trailer it it's kind of like a lesbian misdirection at least yeah. that's what I thought I was surprised <laughs> then watching the film I was like oh, oh yeah I definitely am proud of my misdirections I don't feel like it's uh there have been known instances of trailers and there's like a, a comedy one of the shining where they cut it like a romantic comedy but I don't feel the trailer's misleading, but it does uh, have like a little bit of that. And it's like, not much. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's nice. I don't know. I liked it. Instead of going straight, straight at it. I think it walks the line of what uh, I wrote the, the screenplay in a bubble. But uh, when we started asking people, what would you do if you were the opposite sex about everything I wrote in the screenplay is in there. So that worked out. Nice. Yeah, so when did you write Body Swap? Uh, summer of 2017, and then we shot it in summer of 2018. Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then it played festivals in fall 2019, which was um, uh, fortunate for us that we got to go see it with some audiences before. Yeah. Only unfortunate thing, but a lot of films didn't even get to play in front of audiences was we got into bigger festivals as everything was shutting down. Our two biggest were not, oh, uh, didn't get to, one was online and one was canceled. So, Oh man. We, they at least let us know the awards. So uh, the Houston one, we know the awards we won. Nice. They, they gathered that and watched great. them. Yeah. The jury gathered and watched them and gave out the awards and mailed me my award. So that was good. That's awesome. So it sounds like yeah. you moved pretty quick then from writing to production. Were you writing a lot of different scripts or did you like, were you working on this or like, this is fun. Like let's, this is legs. Like, let's work. I had it in the uh, drawer and then I went back and took two screen, this screenplay and another one in the drawers, revised them, wrote a, a Deadpool spec. Like it was a, a Deadpool wasn't out at the time. When did that come out? Maybe like February, 2018. Uh, so I had the Deadpool screenplay to the first one. Um, they cranked those out quick because I think the sequel came out. But yeah. I had the Deadpool screenplay wrote like a a, a sequel, um, 
not much in common with the sequel than my fictional spec, but I was just writing specs. And then I wrote a spec to iZombie, which is like 40 minutes, 45 pages. And uh, just, you know, sort of get the fingers working and get body swapped to okay standards. Now that I've done it, I've written about three and they're much, uh, I think they're much better from a screenplay standpoint. Obviously, a finished film is much better, and it's gotten better since the screenplay. But uh, yeah, I've been honing those screenplay skills. Nice. Yeah. How so? Have you always been a writer? Was that like as a, a child? Was that your strong suit, or have you been developing it later in life? Uh, I've been a, a writer since very young, writing um, comics mixed with. Uh, you know comic strips so I did those in uh, junior and senior year of high school but even in freshman and even I think eighth grade I would write plot ideas and episode ideas to uh, like an HBO cartoon or something like that I was like oh this would be good for uh, HBO or Adult Swim didn't happen until a little bit later so yeah uh, I was like uh, so I was writing these ideas down Nice. Wow. So like I actually took a quite a go ahead. Oh, I actually took quite a break because I um I pitched a show to Cartoon Network, it didn't go anywhere. I got offered to intern on the Venture Brothers back when it was Oh, that's awesome. I mean it's still around, but I I just didn't have the money to go to New York and live there because internships are uh, unpaid. So so I didn't do it. Uh I just sort of uh kicked the can around and uh, did like little casual filmmaking things until I decided to get back into it. But go on. <laughs> uh, so with body swap, you know, it's like I was kind of surprised looking back at uh, like it's a genre like in itself at this point um, of so many different movies. Do you have like a favorite yeah, yeah. Uh, body swap kind of style movie um, or one that you felt like you drew more on? But like they they range from horror comedy to sci-fi horror to just comp like they're all face off you guys mentioned just yeah yeah uh face off we mentioned and i i watched half of it lately i've seen the whole movie before but i watched half of it lately in preparation for a podcast we did we did uh we did body swap face off and miss i couldn't even pronounce it but mephestiva waltz and i did watch all of that because i never saw it before and uh so we reviewed body swap comedies and that was like an Alan Alda uh, horror body swap comedy, a body swap, not a comedy, horror body swap where he switches places with the pianist. You probably never heard of it. It's on YouTube. Uh, oh, and cool. so it's, it's kind of crazy. There's like Satanist, which is a popular uh, thing. The, the, the right of the Republicans think there's a bunch of Satanists and, <laughs> And a lot of body swapping. <laughs> so I was like, "Opt is a uh, what was it? What's the uh, I don't know is a apt for the times or something like that? Some word for that? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I liked Seventeen. Uh, I don't know what is it. It's not Seventeen again. I don't even think I've seen that one. That's the Jennifer Gardner. But uh, the one with Zac Efron. I liked that one when it came. Oh out. yeah, with, uh, was it Jason Bateman? Zach Efron. That one's good too. Uh, no, I think that's actually the guy that plays Chandler, uh, Matthew oh, or something. 
and Zac Efron uh, back when Matthew Perry was like starring in movies, I guess. And uh, so him and I did like his TV show he had, but uh, yeah, the change up's good. I don't remember that one too well, actually, but I, I remember writing a little bit while that was out. Uh, for body swap i didn't use anything from it <laughs> but i was i was writing before it came out and then so yeah i i just like the comedies yeah all the bit big anything that some of them are not even like you know they swap bodies it's just like different change. yeah ryan reynolds i think is in a different one where he's like they put him in a different body like an older person but i don't know what's going on uh, yeah just, yeah I clones think- um, and I think there's one with Steve Martin that I wasn't aware of called All of Me, which is like a Steve Martin body swap movie. And it's definitely uh, we're we're in the uh, the in the year of no movies. There's been this one, Freaky and Pro- Processor, uh, another one. So You're there's definitely the three, on the zeitgeist. And there's three out of the yeah. five movies released this year. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, you're going to watch them so because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're the only things you got to watch. So how about that? Yeah, so I, Go ahead, Preston. I, I felt like the, the film was bizarrely on topic for some of the big questions of our time mm-hmm. as far as, I don't know. I, I, I just thought it was poignant like men and women in the workplace and then switching and then I don't know it yeah it all it's just interesting that it's it's like a an old trope in movies but it certainly felt totally fresh yeah I really liked really liked the um relationship aspect not only like you know uh CJ in Casey's body going on the date with with Wendy and like the date going over super smooth, like at the restaurant, saying all the right things, um, and then like not being able to get it up when it comes back to the bedroom. And then same <laughs> yeah. thing. I, I like the like the weird uh, like power office power relationship dynamics <laughs> yeah. that out with KCB and CJ's <laughs> body. And of course, like you know, leading up to boning yourself, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it, was, it was also a cool, you know, all the body swap movies usually have those, like, um, rules that you have to follow or figure out, uh-huh. or, like, all the stuff. I really like the, the having to bone yourself being the magic. Yeah, solution. Josh, uh, thank you, Josh and Prescott. The director would really like that because that's his favorite thing other than sort of bringing it down to reality with the documentary stuff was uh, – that he likes David Lynch and I like Full House, so it's like David Lynch meets Full House. <laughs> nice. Um, but that's his like he was the most uh meta thing that or whatever you want to say about it was uh the idea that two characters are gonna hook up with each other. And I always felt like it's just uh every relationship's one person anyway. And they start to just sickening sickeningly get <laughs> morphed into one person a lot of times. So uh yeah. Yeah. No, I I halfway through I was like, okay, how how are they gonna get out of this? What's what's gonna be the trick? And then them having sex, I'm like, oh I can't believe another film hasn't done this. This is the obvious answer. 
<laughs> like this is how it it's, should be in all the movies. It's the answer we really want to to find yeah. in, in all those movies. Like, well, that's that's hopefully how I make a movie. Is I just I've seen enough movies. I know what you want, so I just give you. <laughs> it's like well, I want the characters to say what you want them to say and uh, do the things. So uh, that's what I try to aim for. Yeah, and I I saw in another one of your interviews you said you you set out to make a rated R body swap comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess I assume this wasn't rated R. What, what was your vision and then what changed and how did it end up settling? Uh, there's only like one bit where it's like, she's like trying to be scandalous. I think because of Judd Apatow sort of, uh, times changed a little bit and that, uh, I guess it's a knock on women, but the, it's like the idea of a woman being scandalous now is not and during bridesmaids. It was funny, but now, like now it's like not even women are a little bit more crass now. So it's not. So yeah. the idea of a woman being crass is not going to really uh, it's not Victorian times anymore. So it's not going to uh, send people's, uh, you know, crack people up just doing yeah. that. So I was like, the the idea of like the sort of take everything about a romantic comedy take everything about a body swap comedy and do just a slight difference you know you doesn't uh-huh. need to be a weird weird esocentric uh Lars von Trier type movie it doesn't have to <laughs> make yeah, people yeah. uncomfortable i think anyone can watch it from a teenager to like a, a older people like it you know it's Definitely. a it's a four quadrant movie somehow. I made a four quadrant independent low budget movie, but it seems to appeal to young old male and female. Yeah. No, that okay, so that's interesting. So it was more of just a language thing. I didn't know if you were going rated R like sexuality or rated R. No, nah, I feel uncomfortable sometimes uh there's there's a balance and that Tim and I don't uh, we have to Tim has gotten naked for female directors and gay male directors and like there ain't much either of us is, wouldn't do as an actor or cast and crew is working hard so it's almost uh, we got to stop ourselves from asking too much because we come from that mumblecore school where like Lena Dun- Dunham would have like the guy with the boner and they'd have you know sex or what. It, Mumblecore school was like anything goes, and it's not the uh, late 2000s anymore, early uh, 2010s yeah. when Mumblecore was happening. So we don't we don't try to ask too much of the cast and crew as far as working hard or doing something they'll feel uncomfortable, but we do push it more than maybe other people because we feel like, well, we'll we'll, we'll do it. So we'll cool. walk around in yoga pants. We'll be naked. We'll so <laughs> yeah. well. We'll do it, but we don't try to go too far and ask too much of the actresses. We do treat them a little bit less than they may have been. Uh, they might have been used to getting the Instagram model treatment, and ours is like Instagram model light. Like we'll put them in a hotel and we'll put Gunner on the floor with a mattress. Uh, the actor <laughs> that plays my brother, like we're we're, uh-huh. we're not like too. Uh, we're independent spirit. Cool. And I saw in another interview you mentioned you gained weight for this role. Uh, I will say that, but <laughs> I, I gained weight because I like food and I had, oh, okay. and in my world, I had money. I didn't really have money, but I had money to eat for the first time. 
So, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I've, I've had fluctuations with weight. Um, I've been pretty good. Uh, I gained a quarantine 15, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm hey. even slimmer than I was on those, uh, in some of the movie, you see, see parts where I'm heavier and then I lost weight, but I would say I lost weight for the role. I, I think that's oh, not okay. totally a lie. Um, is half I lost I lost weight mostly I never even planned on filming those scenes but I lost it also because the film sort of gave me the idea that if I can do something this hard I can do well, it wasn't really hard but you know it's a time consuming I'm sure uh, grueling and like uh, mentally and physically sometimes uh, but very short burst you know it'd only take like eighteen days to shoot the main part of the film so yeah uh, okay so after doing that i was like okay if i had gone through that gauntlet i'll i'll lose weight it's not that hard to think but i still eat sugar bread meat <laughs> i haven't really changed other than okay i was gonna know. ask yeah what your secrets are for <laughs> well, i do, do eat at the i do eat at the table i try to walk as much as i can um try cool. to be pretty good about drinking water need to drink more but yeah. are you sticking yeah. with the uh, with the yoga pants yeah, I rock those. No. <laughs> um, now that everyone's stuck at home, it seems only yeah, natural yeah. for everyone. I, I do do the pajama pants. I walk around the neighborhood in pajama pants for sure. And they just look like golf pants to me. So I'm, just, I'm sure <laughs> nice. it looks looks like that to them. I don't know. I walk around the lake. I, I live pretty secluded. But um, it's it's country light. It's like um, it's not the suburbs, but it's like a small city on nice. the outskirts of Louisville so cool it's got you, any it, you it was 18 days of filming back to back yeah 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 uh wow. well no we took a few days we took like one day off we even worked sundays but we took one day off uh still wow yeah it's pretty taxing and so next one i'll just take sundays off i might do them all in a row i might do it more segmented uh, we did go back and shoot like five or six days with Gunner and myself. The scenes with just me or just me and Gunner. Um, cool. Did you do the um, that interview that like kind of as as it split up throughout the movie? Did you do all that recording before you did the rest of the shooting or after or when after you... after? Because uh, you can see I lost some weight there. Um, that was all shot in a day. Uh, the uh, even the. Uh, um, stuff where we're around the lake or at a bar or whatever we just shot stuff while we were out eating and doing stuff throughout the day me and tim and that was just a me to uh the director and uh elo day and she's she's fantastic in the movie i really liked her performance all the way through like she hits the like kind of crass guy stuff really well but some of her expressions <laughs> are fantastic was she uh was she local to the area or did she have to come in no, she's a right. New Yorker. Um, I don't even know if she's aware. She got nominated for an award at Houston or that the reviewers like her. Maybe when it's out on Amazon and stuff, she'll see that. But uh, um, she, yeah, she did a good job. She uh, People like it. And hopefully she'll get more parts from it. It'll be good. Cool. Uh, yeah. How did you, did you just have a large casting session or was there any personal connection friend of a friend that how'd no, you get I just Ella did a uh, actor uh, there's a website where you cast uh, put out a casting call so a few we knew and a few uh, Tim Northern and Bryce Shell 
and uh, Tim's dad, Tom Morton, are always in our movies. So they show up and a few other people. Um, who was who was uh, who Tim's dad play in the film? Uh, the Santa Claus type character that comes out in that Hallmark scene. I was um, so oh, we that's can talk perfect. About that, yeah, because I was going to ask in Christmas in July, is Earl really Santa? You know, we only know. we only get a snippet of to see the movie, but it's it could be anything. Uh, it could just be they wanted someone that looked like Santa to play a character, or he actually is. But just the ridiculousness of it is funny. Did you um, did you write the Christmas in July like mini segment? Yeah, yeah, I wrote that. Um, we sort of did it last minute. Well, it was in the screenplay, but we sort of did a few changes last minute because we knew be much easier if it's shot in one location so we have a bunch of action going on in one location and they come in and but that took a day but it was a short day it was only till 6 p.m that's like half of our day we usually go 8 a.m to like um 1 a.m or something like that so we went to 6 p.m and and they were already like the camera guy and everything's like i don't think we'll get this done i'm like yeah we'll get it done it's only one scene. It's only like technically one scene, in my opinion. And I was like, we shoot like seven or eight in a day, so we're we're being indulgent, even though it's a short day of uh, getting the scene done. It came out great. It it's such a nice touch. I don't know. <laughs> I really was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's definitely shot on way that camera's way more than anything was spent on the movie. That that camera that that's why it's shot there is that camera. It's hard to move. It's a red, and it was even oh. on a. It was even on a like a whatever majig, like a huge crane inside the building that they have wow. uh, just set up. So we got those good shots. It's kind of funny the the amount of work that goes into a shot that like it's. Uh, you can sort of cheat in independent film. We probably got shots just the same. <laughs> uh, we put them on the, but yeah, especially now you can do effects and adobe to fix up the frame rate and do all sorts of things uh yeah but yeah we got we had a lot of production value much uh much higher end sound equipment too uh probably about the same same cost as the production too but i mean you get to reuse it but yeah like the sound guy probably had like uh tens of thousands you know fifty thousand worth of gear and then the camera the red camera and the crane and all that who knows how much over a hundred thousand for sure Sure. Yeah, I mean, it looked it looked just like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure I should just crank them out and get some money from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do them on like three or four crew, but <laughs> I, I don't do very big, big crews like these Hollywood projects. I don't know what they – they're going to have to get used to less crew now. Yeah. Yeah. But like having the having the surprise deed being in the grandmother's Christmas ornament, I mean, that's – that's all you need for that big Hallmark movie turn point. Yeah, I'm off. Uh, I'm off the uh, set on those scenes, just watching them shoot it and uh, helping out and standing in for actors and stuff. I was like, kind of thinking maybe there should be a little Easter egg at the end where like I'm the one directing that film in the Hallmark scene or something. <laughs> I don't know. I have ideas for that where there's the Hallmark maybe body swap to be a whole Hallmark thing. It's definitely not. At most, that's like the third movie after, because these two I have the screenplays for. I want to do first, but um, that's yeah, an what, idea kicking around. What What's the deal with she's a princess? 
Is that in production right now? It was, it was, uh, if you saw that interview, I was like, by hook or crook, I was going to get it done in September. And September would have been a good time. They're now locking down again. Who knows what's the deal with this thing is. But uh, it focused, uh, I was glad to cancel last minute. It gave me more money for advertising. I was going to lo- use every last dollar I had to make another one. Um, it was kind of foolish to do that. Uh, so I luckily accommodations and locations were like stepping out cause I didn't pay, f- you know, they were just for fr- from friends and they were like, I don't want people breathing COVID. So I'm like, well, I take their temperature and I take their blood oxygen levels, but okay, we'll just can this cause I want to, to. <laughs> the cast and crew were ready to go. They were like tired of nothing happening going on. Mm. So they were like, uh, but yeah, accommodation locations were the tough things, and I didn't have any wiggle room to go Airbnb, those things. Yeah, I could have, oh, but sure. it was mostly local cast. I only had like two out of town actors. They said like three or four with body swap, but man, body but swap so had quite a yeah, quite a few out of towners that I had to like at least if I didn't have to find anything for them, still were out of town and had to like make sure they got back to Atlanta on time or whatever from Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. So it's still, it's the next, she's a princess is next up. You're yes. yes. Okay, cool. Maybe about spring or so. And are you, you're, you're directing this one as well. Uh, she's a princess. Yeah. Someone to direct it. Um, Tim might be involved. Uh, if he's got the time, uh, he's doing a documentary and I felt like, uh, uh, directing this time around. Awesome. What's cool. what's a little preview of what yeah. She's a Princess is about? I think I had a little trailer that I did, but it's sort of like a spec. Uh, I shot a little thing, but I'll tell you what it is. Is uh, I play Instagram like vapid guy that's into fashion and stuff like that, and has an equally vapid Instagram girlfriend, and she <laughs> nice. learns she's a princess of uh, Kentucky. She goes off and gets a goes live in a mansion uh we have arguments they're all over the press uh she takes my dog my friends uh she goes joins a cult uh, <laughs> so yes. it's it's more of a it's not a one word description it's low concept it's a high concept like body swap but um i can maybe reduce that down guy and girl vapid uh he breaks up with her and or she break they break up and he, she becomes a princess. That's about it. And then joins a cult. And joins a cult. So is there going to be some horror elements to, to it? No, or no, horror. It's a, co- it's a comedy cult. But uh, um, kind of like that Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston. No, I didn't, it's not that. But I remember there are Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston cult comedy type thing. But uh, literally cult comedy. Uh, so... Yeah, that's something though that Tim's drawn to is I based it off Nexium and now Nexium's a big uh got documentary on uh HBO and everything. Yeah, you're uh, hitting the hitting the zeitgeist again. Well, I heard about Nexium before they were busted. Uh if you if you uh, knew in the inner circles about it. In fact, uh probably at least this is a very underground podcast, but the Finger Lakes, uh they have those Hunter Biden has those tattooed on his back. That's where a lot of um, the really? uh, their sex parties is the Finger Lakes in uh, upstate New York. <laughs> I get in real trouble if you know about that, but yeah. Uh, so that's where Nexium was, the upstate New York. 
Um, it's a real comedy take on it. So New World Order, don't come after me. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just helping to normalize them. So I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sense, I'm, so. I'm totally for the, I'm totally, just hire me for the CIA. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it's um, called predictive programming. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I noticed you, you did have quite a few like horror movie kind of references throughout the movie. Um, be it like your brother in the movie recommending a horror for a date night or. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys, I, like you guys horror. Freak- I like, yeah, I like 70s, 80s horror, 80s horror. Yeah. yeah Friday the 13th, all those is like my go to. Uh, I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street's a little bit different than Friday the 13th. I say Friday the 13th and Halloween are very similar but uh yeah i like those style um yeah and then i like, I, big, sorry, big fan of uh and he also says high school uh 80s movies and ella did not know what a high school movie was she thought it was like high school musical i'm like no there's like tons of high school movies in the 80s <laughs> oh yeah yeah like, Rock and roll high school that's a like a genre in itself so i like those i've probably seen everyone by now nice yeah. Well, so I, so I, looking back at Body Swap, I, I guess one of the earliest uh, entries to that genre actually was uh, like a sci-fi horror movie um, with Boris Karloff in it called uh, The Man Who Lived Again. It's like a brain swap kind of movie. But uh, it's something we've talked a lot about on the pod is um, the amount of directors and um, kind of big name writers out there now that started early on in their career with horror movies you know, Spielberg, Coppola, Catherine Bigelow, Zack Schneider, James Cameron. Um, yes, it's kind of afford, affordable for people, which I find, I don't know how, I would think comedy be better, but that is definitely not the case. It's horror. Uh, I guess because, like, you have to have a good screenplay writer and good comedic actors to do comedy, which are harder to find than corn syrup and yeah. fake gu- guns good and knives. Sound but, I, yeah. but I was like, I'd feel like, you're putting people in danger a little bit because they're doing stunts and they're doing this and they're running through the woods. It's like, uh, it's more of a hazard than anything you uh, do on a comedy. So yeah, but they all start pretty much in horror. I, I got a horse. One of those two screenplays, the third one after she's a princess is um, a whore. It's a hollow, oh. uh, Hawaii horror film. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask if you had any, so what's, what's that about? Uh, they're in a, uh, well, Hawaii's secluded, and that's about it. I'm not going to say about that, but Hawaii's secluded, so there's no, so it makes good for good horror. But it's very complicated um, to the point where it costs more money than she's a princess to do right, to do well. So it's a horror thriller. Um, it's kind of funny because it is just uh, vacationing couples going out to Hawaii, which you can shoot in Florida. You can shoot Florida for Hawaii. And it might not be too bad, but I feel like oh, to yeah. do it right, do it right, I'd have to spend a little bit more. I'm used to the way body swap was done, and that's pretty much how I'm doing. She's a princess. Follow two different characters throughout their journeys and how they interact with each other. Cool. What and what? What are you shooting for runtime for She's a Princess? I might do ninety minutes. I might. I mean, cool. I'll probably shoot ninety minutes, but I might go back to 70 or so uh matters of people feel ripped off i don't think they do with the 72 minute movie because it's like on one hand you're charging some but um 
also people's attention spans is already asking a lot to even get 70 minutes out of them yeah <laughs> watch 70 yeah. minutes of someone twitch streaming but movies are like <laughs> yeah <laughs> or they'll watch a 70 minute episode and then watch another 70 minute episode i don't know how but uh yeah mo- movies do seem to be like very plotting and such so i try to make it for G- gen z attention nice. spans was did you shoot originally was body swap 90 minutes and you just trimmed it down or no it was a 70 minute screenplay we chopped a good five minutes at least maybe 10 minutes and then with the improvisations and the things we added while we were shooting we would just get ideas for scenes we got it back to 70 minutes or 80 minutes and we we trimmed it down it was a stretch to get to 75 and then when i went through it with a pair of scissors garden shears i really trimmed down any fat that was in it and got it to 72 cool so where was that um sweet bar that you guys are in during the bar scene is that there i imagine it seems yeah, like yeah, you did all your shooting there in louisville but yeah it's a kaiju all the locations i uh put at the end of the thing but kaiju in louisville and then there's fat lamb in louisville which is a restaurant and all the restaurants are getting closed indoors right now in Kentucky. Who knows what's going on with this thing? Uh, I feel like I want to judge it against other deaths. It's like, well, why don't mm. we just get rid of cars, which they'll probably do, and get rid of everything, <laughs> and we're just going to live in bubbles. This is insane. I'm like, <laughs> I think everyone's grown tired of it. Uh, mm. so, it's been hard after this much time. <laughs> yeah. <everybody>. Yeah. <laughs> when, when there's no dead bodies in the street, you're like, okay, we've – we're done with this uh yeah the conspiracy theorist i mean they're they're talking about a great reset i'm like okay well we're resetting all these people in power because uh i'm not (laughs) listening to anything from you all about your solutions stupid you bomb you bomb all the you bomb all the muslim countries and then the muslim countries come over here and are mad at us so it's like you, you just why don't you just not bomb the muslim countries and be like there is and a lot be a much more simple but you know, there's a yeah. lot of money to be made on the bombing and then counter bombing yeah it's it's nuts but it's, dude, yeah jimmy so, what's your what's your number one go-to conspiracy theory if you don't mind me asking we uh, on this podcast uh my favorite is that trump is like that the media and trump are uh uh like uh, like a puppets on a the same master and they just like back and forth and like if you don't trust one you trust the other more mm-hmm. so if you're someone who doesn't like trust like a nationalist like trump you go to the media and if you don't trust the media you'll go to like a trump and uh back to the new world them. order <laughs> holding, holding the strings yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's hey. ideas there um but yeah and then so i always wonder what's uh what's going on with all this stuff i always i always yeah. don't trust any angle anyone comes at me i never believe anything that's at the uh, uh uh at face value i always like look to dive deeper into it and see what's up uh-huh yeah believe what it or not I- people are not turned off by that that sort of um uh mindset even though conservative I'm not really conservative, conservative, uh, uh, 
I was against all the Middle Eastern wars and a lot of conspiracy theorists were, um, which was considered sort of a conservative idea in the 2000s. So, mm. but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm more of a conspiracy theorist, but in the arts, that doesn't seem to be uh, too bad yeah. <laughs> as being a conservative. So it works. <laughs> I feel like conspiracy theories were like a lot more fun like four yeah. or five years ago and now everybody's on it it's like yeah yeah you used to, now, you used now to be able to strike up a, yeah you yeah. used to be able to strike up a conversation about like flat earth and you'd be the only person who knew what you're talking about but now you get people to agree with you it's like, oh, uh, well just, i should have this film i should have this filmmaker on there he believes in that stuff the flat earth stuff <laughs> i got a friend he's like we're living in a simulation i don't even see my neighbors bringing the groceries and i'm like well it doesn't even matter at this <laughs> I'm, I, I do have theories of like we can't touch things. They're telling us not to touch things, so just everything will be replaced with some digital thing. <laughs> you, can't digital prove, you can't prove anything's real if you can't touch it. So, yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of tyrants telling us what to do now. It's, it's very annoying, but I think well, it'll be okay. I think we'll be all right. I think most people are smarter than you give them credit for. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Josh was looking into going to uh, the Flat Earth conference in Denver, but what were they charging for tickets? Six, like six hundred bucks for the weekend. It just didn't make. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to go sit in because they had actual panels. And I wanted well, to that, sit in. that friend I was talking about the simulation thing. He went out to uh, the storming the Area Fifty One to do a oh, documentary, nice. mm-hmm. and it was like supposed to be for Showtime. And I'm like, you know, Showtime. Like after COVID, was Showtime's like. We want documentaries every Sunday. I'm like, uh, why haven't you sold this thing? <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, so that, keep an eye out for that. My friend did the, uh, the Tim Norton, the director, he directed a documentary about shape note singing, which is a very odd type of singing. I've gone bones. to shape note singing gatherings before. Yeah, so that's about those gatherings and i'm wondering if it's yeah because it's a lot of traveling and gathering he's got to do it like a covid take on it so oh, man i will have to do. tell yeah. some of my shape note friends to watch out for that yeah tell tell him to come on the slaughter podcast when he's got that going yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll direct him that way yeah uh, hopefully and he'll get it done another spontaneous question jimmy mm-hmm who was your first Hollywood crush as a child? Um, I really liked. Um, who was who's uh who was around that my age back then? Well, I really liked Britney Spears when she came to. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing like that was around. <laughs> <laughs> Until that happened, yeah. I mean, Madonna kind of, but not really. No one was into Madonna like that. Uh, that was crazy. So, yeah, Britney Spears. Nice. Good Mariah good Carey. Mariah Carey before her. Yeah, also a good one. Yeah. Uh-huh. If, if, you, if, you, if you got a body swap with, with one person in the world, yeah. this, I'll, this will go for you too, Prescott. Who would you, who would you okay. pick? Oh, I'm, Jimmy, you go first. Jim, starting with you, Jimmy. About it. Uh, hmm. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like just being me. <laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah. 
I probably wouldn't body swap. Mm, Josh, okay, Josh, you go next. Who, who's the who's the body swap for you? I think I think just out of out of like similar body type and the amount of money and the age, I think you'd have to go with with Elon. Right. Oh now. yeah. Oh yeah. The guy's got all the good sweet toys. Yeah, we can. Wife, though. I'm sure she knows yeah. something about sheep not singing. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> maybe I'll. Maybe I'll. Well, not. <laughs> It's weird if you're now Elon, Josh. I, I'll go with Grimes, Elon. <laughs> as long as you're not, <laughs> I think we're getting body swapped at the same time. So. Yeah, no. Uh, well, yeah. okay. If you if you swap as Elon and then get out of there, I'll I'll mm-hmm. swap in as Grimes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, speaking of that, uh, so the ending, I felt like the end of the movie body swap leaves a little bit open. There's like a little bit of an open question on whether or not they swapped. Yeah. Was I, was I, was I, yeah. People say that. I didn't feel like we did leave it open, but, uh, uh, in the screenplay it was, they, you just sort of, they just have a little quiet moment around the breakfast table and like, you don't know what happened or anything. Um, so this is, I feel more closed, but yeah, you could, I, you're not the first podcaster at all to think that that was, uh, an open-ended ending where they we don't know if they swapped back or not but we chose in the interview scenes to make them clear that they did swap so yeah that's what because the interview it seems very clear you know i did this or they're kind of like their personal yeah. experience but at the you end don't there's a little, a little bit on eye color or something like that i mean yeah that we did nothing to eyes but maybe in the coloring of the movie we no one wore contacts. Well, I wore contacts every day, but I wore the same type, so I don't know if maybe maybe my eyes look different under different light. I think they do do that. But yeah, no, nothing's changed with the uh, uh, eye color or anything. I don't know. We just sort of uh, leave it uh, open. There's stuff about like you you blink and you miss it sort of things where he sort of she her old boyfriend took her dog. So he's like getting her a whole menagerie of animals, which is a kind of cute thing. And just things like that. Yeah, I mean, he, they bring he, gives, the best he gives her a hard time too, for like not having a dog. Right. And her boyfriend yeah, yeah. like stole yeah. her dog. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jimmy, you ever think you'll relocate to LA and do that whole thing? Uh, I went out to LA for a month uh, in February, right before COVID. I went to Fontana, California. That's not LA to other people. Uh, but like, you can go not even that far to San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. If you want to live in a pit of crap, <laughs> I can <laughs> say, it's yeah. like, uh, it's, I hate LA. I mean, it's just like a, a Asian massage parlor. Nothing against Asian massage parlors, but it's like a, a Asian massage parlor was made into a whole town or something. It's so <laughs> it feels like corner. it feels like you walked into one once you get off the plane. It's how sleazy it is. But uh, yeah, I did. I went to Fontana, California, and rented a house. And the houses are not very expensive. That being said, they cost the same as in a big city in Florida, so it's stupid because it's East LA. It's so far out; it's like an hour Amtrak ride. But you can get a little bit closer, I think, to San Bernardino. It's about the same prices, 
And so I would rent out a, I would have a four bedroom house. Uh, I stayed in the master with the bathroom and rented out the three bedrooms nice. with the shared bath. And in February that was doing well um, uh, to, uh, I, I ran it past the owner, but I did Airbnb. And I have like a hundred positive reviews. I did it in Tampa. I did it in Atlanta for three months. Nice. Um, but yeah, I was not feeling LA. I hated it. Uh, so it wasn't even, though it's COVID. Fontana, even though it's fontana yeah apparently huh. it was going around people said oh did you get the bad cough i'm like no i never got it uh wow. it was definitely rumors of it when i landed in end of january 2020 which is this uh, i landed in fontana or la lax about beginning of february 2020 and we were making jokes about it i was hearing about it at the end of january uh at the time, uh, yeah, it was like, is it a new SARS? Do uh, only Chinese people get it? Because that's what was the charts SARS mm. thing did. Only like one Chinese person in China. So we were like, uh, maybe just be exclusive to China like SARS was. And mm -hmm. it has SARS in the name. So we were talking about it. Uh, accidentally went through the international section of the airport. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> nice. just not a big deal in February. Yeah, uh, yeah. Other than we were hearing about it here and there, if you kept your ear to the ground. And then at the beginning of March, I was like, I ain't going out. And I'm actually shutting down my Airbnb in Atlanta. I went to Atlanta and then I just cut the Airbnb short and went back to Louisville uh, mid-February. But yeah, I was getting crazy. Nice. So so the, you didn't feel like there was any advantage being out there, making it easier to Oh, produce, no, no, so. no. Uh, mm -hmm. I think everything's changed too. Um, we'll see what happens, but uh, um, if even if I wanted to get into big, bigger productions, I'd go Atlanta anyway. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm pretty much just happy doing my own movies. I'm not really looking to get into other projects. I feel like if I'm in act, even if I'm acting in other stuff, it might just diminish the brand and seeing me in more than one movie a year. So I'm planning on just doing a movie a year. From nice. Mm -hmm. Everything's cool. probably going into a semi-remote state at this point, yeah. anyways. That... Well, yeah, I think the I, the ideas I have of doing online distribution, doing small cast and crew, doing low budget have only been verified or uh, vindicated at this point. Yeah. So I'm definitely aiming to do that more. Nice. And Prescott, you lived in LA for a short period of time, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree with the the cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bit. I'm from the East Coast, so when people would lie to me out there, I'd be like, "Oh, you're telling the truth." Uh, yeah, because I've never had people lie on that level. Uh, in the East Coast, they don't do that. It's not uh, in the South; they'll never do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. It did surprise me. I assumed it was like just a cliche that people behave a certain way out in LA, but then I found it to be true. And then after leaving, I'm like, well, you have to be a certain kind of person to be attracted to go out there and then stick it out. And then I don't know, it just then after leaving, it clicked like, oh, yeah, I think the stereotypes are true about people in LA. Yeah, and um, the weather thing, it's very breezy, and it was not the best. 
I was okay in February, but I went from Tampa to to see. I like Tampa and Orlando. I've been there during January and February, and I like that weather. I like warm, hot, short weather, shorts wearing weather. I don't mm. care. I mean, I haven't lived in Florida during summer months, but mm. at worst, I'll just get a Florida home and a, a Louisville home for the summer or something. Um, and be nice. close to family, but or, or I'll just rent a place in Florida for you know January through fe- uh, March. But I like warm weather, and that's about it. And I was like, oh, I might warm weather movie industry. I'll give it a chance. I've been there mm-hmm. for. I went there for a weekend for a film festival, the Valley Film Festival, prior. So I was like, I'll give it a chance. I knew a little bit about it and didn't like it, but I was like, after getting it, I didn't even really go into L.A. proper. Once I got to Fontana, yeah. I just never went. I was just went to LAX, went to Fontana, went back. I was not. I was thinking of going to agencies and getting an agent. I'm just not interested in all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. How how did you get into acting? What... Uh. I don't know my friend Tim mostly. I mean, uh, I think I, nice. I've always had an interest since grade school, but I have known him a while since high school. Uh, we were into films and filmmaking, and so we sort of just got along. Cool. And then you just happened to be the one on the other end of the camera. Yeah, I happened to have some a little bit of money from selling my house, so we made body swap <laughs> <laughs> just enough, and we so we got a rich friend to like chip in a little bit more, like not. Not as much as I did, but he put in a good ten thousand. Nice, just help us get us get us over the hump, and that always helps. Nice. And so, so he's not ha- ha- hounding me for that money because he has like carpets and Rolexes, and <laughs> <laughs> he, he don't. He, he's not waiting with bated breath. But we'll see. Nice. See if I can. He just wants to make another movie, and that works well for us. So cool. we're all friends. We've actually known him since high school too him and his brother so awesome. we get along we get along well with the people in louisville know all the filmmakers there cool are are there quite a few filmmakers uh not super duper but like because they film commercials and anything else around cincinnati nashville louisville uh you'll have you know the two sound guys that live in louisville that are professional grade you'll have a few cool um people you might i might have to go to atlanta or chicago not actually physically go there, but I might have to recruit from there for a cinematographer. Um, mm. But I have a cinematographer in Louisville that was anxious to do. She's a princess, so I might just keep him on board. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. So there's, and what, yeah, there's talent. What's your What's your long term goal? Do you just want to keep producing films at, on this budget level, or do yeah, you yeah, want yeah. I think cool? I think if it's breaks even or makes money each time we'll be in a good spot um that uh uh you might worry about a flop but at this level i don't even know if a flop would be uh anything to cry about i mean (laughs) i guess it would suck if no one saw anything but i think i can always make a trailer that people will be interested in yeah supporting to a fifty thousand dollar degree um yeah yeah I don't like spilling the beans on the budget, but the only reason you don't do that is if you want to lure a distributor. But um, huh. may, maybe the audience would be like, why are you charging me this for a movie when it's the same price as seeing Avengers Endgame? It's like, well, not as many people are going to see this. So yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, that's just how independent films are. I'm not charging out of the ordinary. But uh, yeah, it's like it was 50000 and then I do uh, 
I'll probably put a little bit more into um, advertising. Cool. And it's looking like that returns pretty good. Uh, nice. And so, yeah, I'll be doing that. And then hopefully uh, it'll at least break even on the financial investment. And then I don't know. I mean, Tim got paid, Ella got paid. And then I, I'll just, I just did the work for free. And hopefully the next one will be, I own 100% of it. So I'll hopefully just pay back my friend and it'll be, that'll cool. be good. And then we'll get, she's a princess off the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we so found you all on... ever done filmmaking, uh, any types of filmmaking as a kid or stuff like that? No, I, I I've done some shorts with some friends just goofing. Mm-hmm. I mean like YouTube stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. And no. Prescott's done a bunch of audio engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like editing. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, it's not as much to work with though. The file sizes are smaller, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Transfer times are uh, shorter. (laughs) I used to be editing is quite a bitch. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sure. My friend Tim relies on IMAX, and he bought one last week because the old one was going so slow. I was like, you got to get a new one. He bought it, and it's slower to do uh, Adobe Premiere, maybe because Adobe Premiere is kind of a PC-type program. But Adobe Premiere is slow on there, and it does not go that slow on my $300 Walmart laptop doing 4K. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> it's uh, – I mean, I got on clearance of probably like a 500 600 laptop, but it's still not I, – I think PCs run quicker. I think he should – you can build a PC for a fraction of that iMac price. I think it's uh, yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Some people just like the interface and are used to it, and it's got a lot of different button presses. And once you've once you've been doing it for ten or twenty years, it's hard to go to PC. Yeah, and keep it free of viruses and all that stuff is a challenge. Yeah, yeah, Josh, you're you're a PC guy. Yeah, yeah, PC. I would PC say I do sensitive. Uh, information on a PC is kind of like stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, I bet you it's probably smarter to have an iMac you know, as far as uh, hackers and such. Yeah, it's all it's all pretty unsecure. <laughs> information. <laughs> I'm, sure, anyway. I'm sure iMacs. Yeah, unsecure. It's all through the internet anyway. It's all remote. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So we found you on Vimeo. Um, mm-hmm. But what other streaming services is Body Swap? on and are you going to keep going with with vimeo uh they'll be for selling uh rental uh vimeo will always be there because it's got the 104 languages um people that bought it i want them to be able to watch it anytime that they want because they bought it um uh yeah so that'll still be there but i'll have Redbox and itunes i think and yeah, I still got to do some more. I just got back, heard back today that the uh, cra- uh, cla- captions are not up to standards. There's always something that goes wrong where, like, uh, huh. it's just a never-ending thing. Like, the captions were going over top the the uh, credits. So uh, <laughs> I have to do yeah. a few changes there. But, yeah, iTunes and Google Play and all those will hopefully have it here soon. Amazon, it's already good enough for them. You can put it up yourself, so I'm going to do that when it's on the red box and iTunes, I'll do it myself for that. But BitMax, this company is going to do it 
uh, is sort of intermediate. I pay them, and then they go to iTunes and all that and do it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. You said it's going to be in Redbox? Uh, Redbox on demand, not the DVD. I might, oh, do okay. a DVD, I might do a DVD combo when I make my next movie. I might have a combo pack if cool. this does well. You never know. I might go back to DVD. I think the physical media is a smart play in some ways. Just People might want to go back to it and uh, not have yeah. their stuff stolen or censored online. You know, that's yeah. yeah. The digital yeah. does make it easier. Of like You don't have to produce it. You don't have to get it in a store. They just... Vimeo takes 10%, iTunes 30, Amazon 40, and that's it. Oof. Wow. <laughs> they go for the juggler. <laughs> yeah, I, man, Amazon. Hopefully Amazon, hopefully Amazon, you know, brings me those sales to make up that 40%, or it might just say, no, thank you. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, Jimmy, will you come back when uh, She's a Princess is done? Oh, any, anytime, yeah. And I'll tell my uh, friend director to come on if. Yeah, awesome. Interest in that yeah. shape note whenever that happens. Okay, well, Definitely. thanks, Josh. Thanks, Prescott. I uh, loved it. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. And we thanks, like Scott absolutely love the movie. Yeah. Oh, thanks for watching it, even, even if you didn't love it. Thanks. No, <laughs> even if we great. turned off halfway. But yeah, no thank you so much. Like, the the, the low-key, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle references kept me. Oh, yeah. Goose my letterbox. If you got a letterbox account or IMDb, goose those ratings. I think on IMDb you can't go ten, or they it looks weird. So do nine or something. <laughs> Perfect. Nine okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. See you, Jimmy. Take care, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, Jimmy well, Custis, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Go to bodyswapmovie.com and check it out. Yeah, you find it on Vimeo. Um, streaming quality was great. It was super easy to find. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth the rental movie. I mean. I don't, yeah. I don't really care too much about how long a movie is, especially a comedy movie. I'm not yeah. going to sign up for a three-hour yeah. comedy movie. No, definitely not. No, and in... Uh-oh. Yep. The old brain just shut off. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we used it up. It's been, it's been coming in hot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was cool to see that he's working on a new project. Yeah. Um, She's a princess. I was, I was a little disappointed that we're not going to, he's not going to write to horror, but it sounds like his friend um, is going to, is maybe working on a, on a horror movie, which would be great to, great to see. Um, yeah. That, that's uh, uh, Timothy Morton. He's, he was, he directed Body Swap. Yeah. You can, you can feel Jimmy's got the horror within him though. Like you, you know, he's going to put something out there. Yeah. I'm excited for when that when it happens, but if he keeps coming up with comedy movies, that'll be great too. Um, and it's cool that he's, he's set on keeping the, that kind of current mode that he's going for. It's like, makes a writes a movie he likes, goes out and makes the movie. Yeah. No, and you, man, you can, I don't know. He's a serious dude. You can tell he's passionate. He, it, there's no BS. I think he's genuinely doing this because he loves it. Like it, it, it's not for fame and glory. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like he's getting paid very much so far. So you gotta, <laughs> gotta love it. Man. Yeah. And everyone, make sure to support. You got to support up and coming directors. Or yeah. at least, like you said, goose those uh, IMDb ratings. ratings. But not, no, no perfect ratings. Yeah, no. Guys, keep, the... yeah, keep it realistic. Go with a nine. 
Until until he makes a horror movie, we'll keep it at a solid nine. Jimmy, when you bump it up to ten, ten set. Bump it up to horror, ten set. Uh, but should we get to this week's sponsors? Yeah. This week's show brought to you by. This show is brought to you by. 10 star IMDb ratings. 10 star IMDb ratings. Can you really trust them? This week's episode of Slafter Podcast brought to you by Pizza Pop Tarts. Pizza Pop Tarts, they're delicious. <laughs> this week's episode of Slafter brought to you by Body Swabbing with Grimes. Body Swabbing with Grimes. It's great as long as Elon's away. <laughs> This week's episode of Slaughter Podcast is brought to you by Desirable Shit. Desirable Shit. Bringing bur- burglars to your house. And finally, <laughs> this week's episode of Slaughter Podcast is brought to you by. Oh man, Josh. <laughs> this week's episode of Slaughter Podcast brought to you by Earl's Gingerbread Contest. Earl's gingerbread contest. He's going to know if you did a naughty or a nice job. (laughs) Nice. Well, so we've got a number of ways for you guys to reach out and touch us. We've got our Facebook fan page. That's Slafter, a horror horror comedy podcast. We've got that fine email. That's slafterpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, that fine phone number, that's 802-441-FEAR. That's 802-441-FEAR. Yeah, give us a call. Um, let us know if you have any recommendations for a movie that we can review in a coming episode. Yeah. Th- um, for next week, I think we yeah, have a we movie have. that our listener had recommended when we did the runestone. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and that movie is A Girl Walks uh, Home Alone at Night. It's a Persian uh, horror movie, uh, old um, American made, but it's like kind of set in Persia. Um, 2004, uh, kind of like a vampire Western horror kind of deal. I don't know, we'll find out. Oh man, Persian vampires, I'm in. Yeah, speaking of which, at some point we, we got to come back to vampires because I was looking up, uh, uh, I uh, looked up that Catherine Bigelow, who um, won an Oscar for Hurt Locker, um, uh-huh. she started off with a uh, horror movie called Near Dark, which is supposed to be like a cowboy vampire western oh, nice. movie. So that's, that's, on, that's on our list. Definitely. Oh, nice. Well, like we say at the end of every show. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>